Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm interviewing Tracy Collins, the founder and CEO of National Black Doulas Association. Hello. So this is an edit. I'm breaking into the beginning of this episode due to recent protests against police brutality and the systematic abuses and long history of discrimination and abuses of power toward black people. This interview episode was recorded about a week before protests began due to the murder of George Floyd across the United States. So you will not hear Tracy and I discuss anything about protests, police brutality, rioting, looting, or either of us naming the very important movement Black Lives Matter. The issues around Black Lives Mattering are so much larger than the issues with law enforcement. And I think the timing of this episode is important in showing that. I have one more thing to say before I get out of my own episode to let you experience this episode. First, my heart goes out to George Floyd's family and every black and brown person who has had to exist every single moment of life under the clouds of racism. I have always known that I would share what I'm about to share. And just like most big, deep, scary, complicated things that I've shared, I'm learning the timing is not mine to decide. And the universe pokes me and says, now is the time. I've been working on an episode that might turn into two or three or 10 or as many as it takes. I'm going to do something I've never seen done and it is missing from the conversation. If you've been listening to me for a long time, you know that I've shared that I am an incest survivor. What's scarier and more vulnerable than sharing that? I'm going to share my experience and evolution because I was born into a deeply racist police family. I'm ready to out what really happens behind the closed doors of white racist families and how I have evolved out of what I was taught to shed the racism I was born into. I believe this is an incredibly important episode for me to create, and I hope it empowers other white people to speak up as a very, very important part of the racial equality conversation, fight, and activism. 
What I am creating is not to drag anyone through the mud or stir up old wounds or jump on the back of Black Lives Matter because it's popular and having a moment right now. Until brave white people start admitting and dealing with what happens behind closed doors in racist family systems, our internet wokeness is a mask and we will not be free as individuals or as a society, any of us. I intuitively believe that sharing my stories on this topic can be how I can most support Black Lives Matter now. I'm sure I will do this imperfectly and potentially messily, and I think that's just as important to show, because it's important we allow for new change and new growth and the shedding of old, antiquated, unnecessary hatreds to embody light and love. George Floyd's precious little girl has declared that her daddy has changed the world. And yes, baby, he has. Many of us are committed to making sure change happens from the deep core of our Americanism and our humanity, and that we settle for nothing less than complete systematic healing. I am committed now and as long as I am alive on this earth. 2020 has been a whole lot for all of us to hold and to process. Breathe. Stay safe, stay strong, stay evolving, stay tuned for when I drop that episode. It's an important piece of work that I'm pushing to give birth to, and I'm going to respect allowing it to come versus forcing it to come faster. Light and love and on to the episode. I am here today with Tracy Collins, the CEO and founder of National Black Doulas Association, Tracy completed her educational and practical training as a certified professional midwife and was one of the only two black midwives in the Bay Area at the time. She transitioned her career back into the doula world where she felt her expertise was best utilized. She supported over 1,500 births in hospitals, birthing centers, and home births. In 2017, she founded the National Black Doulas Association. Its sole purpose is to unite black birthing families with black birthing professionals to help combat the black maternal death rate in America. It has become the leading company to educate, train, and empower black birthing professionals all over. I am so excited to have you on. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. I thought maybe we could start with explaining some things. In my field, I often have to describe the difference between psychologist and psychiatrist and psychotherapist. And I'm hoping for our community, you can explain the difference between doctor, doula, and midwife. So the doctor and the doula, uh, the people really already know what OBGYNs are or OBs, obstetrics. Um, the midwife, she can work in a hospital setting, so that is, you know, a CNM. Um, and then there's also licensed midwife and certified practical midwife. They do everything medical, so the doctor and the midwife do everything medical. The doula is non-medical in her role, so she takes on the support role as the trained professional who helps with informational support emotional support and physical support during pregnancy, birth, and also postpartum, depending upon her level of skill and training. Beautiful. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about how your path 
walked you all the way to creating this organization? Like, how did you get into this work? Um, get into the the overall work in the childbirth field? Yes, yes. Um, okay, so that was 20, uh, I guess I'm in my 21st year. And it was, I always say this field is something that calls you, you don't call it <laughs> because it's very um, energetic work. There's a lot of energetic exchange, exchange that happens when you are dealing in humans, when you're working intimately with humans. And so um, I started out and I got my training as a doula with Adana at that particular time. And I just knew the hospital wasn't the where I wanted to be after working for so many years. And I knew I wanted to deliver babies. So I went ahead and did that particular training. And, and I did uh, Elizabeth Davis's Heart and Hands program. And I did the, the beginning and the intensive level. And I was the only one to walk away with a midwifery apprenticeship out of everyone in the class. And then from there, I apprenticed. And then my apprenticeship led to working with another black woman in a practice. So that's how it got started. But because of the laws in the state of California, especially in the early 2000s, I didn't want to have to deal with the the potential of being separated from my children. You know, birth can go any kind of way, as we all know. So I decided to come back onto the doodle, into the doodle world where it was less risky for me at that particular time and be able to support families with everything that I knew as a midwife and combining both of those worlds. So basically I combined Eastern and Western medicine and I brought it into childbirth at that particular time and was able to successfully support families either in the hospital setting, home birth setting or in birthing centers. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I, I'm not sure I've ever shared this with my audience, but I, I've sort of fantasized about being a midwife or a doula. I've read so many books. I'm fascinated by the process of holding space for a mother and a baby to come into the world. I've been aware for a long time, particularly watching my clients, the many women I've worked with over the years who have gotten pregnant and gone through the birthing process of the risks and sort of the... I'm going to use the word ridiculousness um, in our healthcare around birth. I've interviewed uh, Lindsay Matthews from BirthFit. That's how I found out about your organization. So can you elaborate? Um, I'm super familiar with sort of the issues around birthing and death and struggle. Um, and I've, I've certainly seen this with my clients. Talk a little bit more about what, what's going on around birth. So what's going on around birth with black women, to be really specific, yes. is that you really have to understand the history of obstetrics in this country to understand the history of 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 what to understand the history of what's happening today. So you can't come into this particular work and see and see what's happening with black women dying, you know, four to five times the rate of our counterparts when you don't understand and get infuriated and not know what to do if you don't fully understand Western medicine and the history when it comes to obstetrics and gynecology. So, you know, there's racism and methodologies that are embedded within Western medicine that directly impact black women primarily, but black and brown women. And so, and then when you complicate matters with a lack of resources and, and and the lack of information, then it makes matters worse. And then the history that 
slavery has and when it comes to the treatment and the the lack of uh, of medical care, the lack of anesthetics, the lack of breastfeeding support when we were wet mm-hmm. nurses for babies that weren't ours. You know, we were breastfeeding our slave masters' babies, and it, there's so much. And it's so layered and it's so complicated. But fast forwarding today, you really just see the the ramifications of what's already been indoctrinated into our system. So um, that is the reason why the MBDA or I established the MBDA was because there needed to be some kind of bridge. There were resources out there, but for I didn't see anything that was to the level that I needed it to be to where where are these black birthing professionals and where uh, that can further support black families to help bridge the gap because our voices aren't heard in American society, period. And so when you add um, childbirth on top of that, then it further gets diluted. So we want to make sure that they have trained professionals who can identify and understand the bureaucracy and the terminology and the policies and procedures that, you know, birthing families are facing today. Good. Can you get into more, a little bit of talking about, let's see, how can I say this? Um, what the struggles are, because I, I'm aware that there are issues with like black women not getting pain medication, um, being like kind of handled roughly. Um, and as a as a white woman who's a therapist and a life coach who has seen this over the years and noticed differences in how my black mamas have been treated versus my white mamas have been treated. Tell me how therapists and healers out in the world can support women because I've needed to find your organization to be able to be more of a support and help bridge some of those gaps. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist and also co-host of the Unbiased Science Podcast. Every day, I'll chat with one or both of your new pediatrician besties, Dr. Dina DiMaggio, a general pediatrician, and Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist. We'll talk about all the things related to our kids' health from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms. So the best way to support is call out your counterparts. At this point, it doesn't make any... um, Me having a conversation with you doesn't do enough good when these the conversations just stop right here. The conversations need to be had in your circles, amongst your family and friends, and then making sure that the information not only gets shared, but we begin to eradicate the 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 embedded racism within there. So that's number one. Number two is as far as the struggles, it's it <laughs> Um, and I just, I hate to keep generalizing it, but it really goes back to the fact that being 
you know, a black woman in America, we are literally the most disrespected person. So with that being said, then we take the, the, the approach of Dr. Marion Sims, who is the, uh, the, the grandfather of obstetrics in this particular, in this country. And we, we take the teachings of that and that psychology is being passed down still to this day in medical schools. And it's, you know, embedded within hospital cultures. So it's really calling out what our voices not being heard and believing us when we say we don't, we feel pain, we don't feel comfortable and just being listened to will change everything. Um, because a lot of like, oh, a lot of what we, we, when we say it gets dismissed because we're not heard or taken seriously. So that is one of the ongoing issues that I see. And what ends up happening is because within the, in the black culture, black women are used to taking on so much pressure and weight and caring for others outside mm-hmm. of ourselves. Um, we, we dismiss what we're feeling personally. So if we're feeling overwhelmed, if we're feeling um, anxious, or if we're feeling pain, it, we push it aside. And sometimes those are life-threatening issues. Like if we have a mom who just birthed and she's experiencing shortness of breath, but you know, she's like, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm okay. But that could potentially be a pulmonary embolism or she's having dizzy spells and um, maybe some blurry vision and she just delivered or within a week of delivering or some days after delivery, that could potentially be postpartum, um, um, yeah, postpartum preeclampsia. So looking at it from a medical standpoint and not, not dismissing any of the symptoms that could potentially lead to death or saying like other struggles that we're having, we're not taking on the superwoman complex and, you know, saying I need help, I need support and understanding that it empowers you to ask for help. It empowers you to ask for support. So it's it's a it's a lot of different things from a lot of different angles, but it's really getting into the the DNA of of this country that we face on a day to day basis. I think one of the things that's really hard it's been hard for me to to witness as as a healer and someone who holds space for people is that many people have babies when they're very, very young. And I think we kind of have these awakenings and realize a lot of things as we get a little bit older. So I'm hoping anyone that can listen to this episode um, and spread this message can really, let's see, what am I trying to say? I, I guess I, ho- I hold a lot of maybe responsibility in my heart. I'm going to turn 40 this year, and I feel a real strong calling that those of us that are 40 and beyond have to kind of speak out for those that are in their 30s and in their 20s. I find that a lot of women enter the birthing realm having very little awareness that these issues are in the atmosphere and don't know how to trust what they're sensing in their intuition or in their bodies and how to speak up. I think that's what I'm hearing you say is that not only do we need to listen, but we also need to empower and everyone maybe needs to know to speak up and to not accept if we're not heard that sometimes we need to shout. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that of not, not, and you don't know what you don't know. 
So, and then we've all been taught to, to trust, to trust doctors and not saying that there isn't a place for what doctors do, but you also have to understand that Western medicine is designed to operate from a reactionary standpoint. They're not, they're not designed in the sense of normalcy or prevention or prevention. So it's always like, well, what do we, what can we give you to either, you know, suppress what you're feeling Mm -hmm. or, you know, that's why you see so many um, medications with a whole bunch of, side effects. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're from a reactionary standpoint. So there's that component. But when you are um, someone like me, and it doesn't matter my, my, my socioeconomic background, it doesn't matter my, um, my visibility, which meaning like my celebrity, because we saw Beyonce and, you know, Serena Williams both speak out about the issues that they had during their deliveries. It really is just because you're a melanated individual. That's, it really boils down to the simplest things, um, but it makes it so disheartening and complicated because of the treatment and because our lives get lost in, in the meantime. Not only our lives, but the baby's lives as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a really big issue. Um Tell us more about how your organization serves. Like, what is it that your organization is doing day to day to address the issues that we're naming? From a day to day standpoint, just our, our our presence in you know from you know uh, social media or our web presence, our membership grows on a on a daily basis. Um, we are, I think we're probably the most traffic excited site, I'm sorry, traffic website, you know, for black birthing professionals. Um, and because we spend so much time on the educational side as well, providing quality, informative, intensive education when it comes to the the kind of birthing professionals that we're producing out into the world. So we take all of that seriously. And, um, and, you know, we just got our board established. So I'm really excited about that. And um, it just like every other company we've had to, you know, pivot during COVID-19. So it's like making sure that people realize that, Yes, we're dealing with a pandemic. However, even in the midst of the pandemic, this particular issue is not going away. So we have to deal with COVID-19 as birthing professionals. But in our work, it's like, you know, depending upon the clientele that you serve or depending upon your philosophy and approach, you also have to deal with the Black maternal death rate and making sure the white birthing professionals understand that because they, they right now everyone is so COVID-19 focused, but let's not forget the, the main issue because before COVID-19 hit, we were hearing a ton about the black maternal death rate and, you know, the CDC was reporting and, and all of this and COVID-19 hit and now it's kind of gone away and it's just kind of there out in the atmosphere. But for us, it never goes away. Well, and let's name that statistic. I've got it in front of me. Like the CDC says that black and brown women are five times more likely to die from preventable childbirth related causes. That's mm-hmm. mind boggling to sit with. 
Yeah, it's that of a third world country. Oh, we have to do better. Well, it starts, I mean, this is part of the doing better. You know, this conversation and you you exposing this conversation to your clientele and your in your demographic because like I said earlier, people don't know what they don't know and we're used to operating in our day to day life unaware of, you know, of things that we just don't aren't aware of. You know, so having the conversations, um, and even if you have like medical professionals in your family who are family and friends, having these conversations with them as well. It really just starts with cultural competency, getting folks in there in these in these hospitals and in these facilities to change the psychology of what has happened. I think it scares a lot of people to address. Well, that's okay. I don't, that doesn't bother me. Like, I don't care about being scared. I don't care about scaring people. I mean, I come from a world of like, if you're not pissing somebody off, you're not making any kind of change. Well, yeah, you're cut from my cloth. Yeah. We want to shake that up. And people are, uh, what makes them uncomfortable is because it, it, they don't want to see themselves in it. But it takes interest, you know, becoming introspective to begin to do the work and to begin to change. We can't, you know, we can't look at self and then, you know, no one is perfect. So this is, you know, we're all, you know, hopefully evolving for the better. I think so. I I think that's part of why I want to have more conversations because I I do think it scares people. And the only way we kind of get past those fears and find the courage to address things that are uncomfortable or that we don't know how to address is by walking through and addressing them. And I think in, Mm -hmm. in our current modern culture, we've got such a reactivity and such a kind of instant offense that that's making it harder instead of easier to have some of these conversations that people are scared to have. Yeah, I mean, but the the women that I know, including myself, you know, and that's one thing that I love about Lindsay. Lindsay's like, okay, I'm white, and I'm gonna call folks out on, on it. And I love that about her. And because of that, I think we've made a, you know, a real connection because she's like, what do I need to do? And that's the part. It's like the, having that continuous conversation and making sure that people get the necessary information. Because I, what I would love to believe is that, you know, folks want to see change and folks don't want, you know, their family or friends being um, mistreated behind something that could have been prevented or losing their lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's really, really important. I love the work that you're out there doing. I love the work that Lindsay's doing. Is there anything that you want to say or name today? Um, anything else? How can I help you? promote something that's going on or move the message forward? Um, you know, just by like, we, you know, there's a, a beautiful young girl named Amber Isaac in, in New York that she was in the Bronx uh, that lost her life be, uh, recently. And she was tweeting during, uh, during the course of being in labor and how afraid she was. And something that was preventable, her platelet count wasn't being checked appropriately because of Mm COVID-19 and 
all of these things. And this beautiful young girl lost her life. And now there's this young father who are, who's like many, unfortunately raising their child. Um, and the list just goes on and on and on and calling out their names, you know, these young black women who are losing their lives behind not being heard is what we need to never lose sight of. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to take away from this that we all need to speak up and out all of us, those of us that are birthing, those of us that are supporting people who are birthing, those of us that are in healthcare, those of us that are in these professions where we play helper or healer or support person, that we need to bring these issues to the people that we serve and to be brave to step into that space and name the reality of this because sharing this message saves lives. Mm-hmm. It absolutely does save lives. Thank you so much for speaking with me today, Tracy. Um, I haven't even told my audience yet that part of why we had you on my Patreon for Emotional Badass, we do a pay it forward. So we pay 10% forward. And your organization, National Black Doulas Association, was chosen. And so we were able to send y'all a donation. And we're very, very proud and grateful to our Patreons, to our Patreon members, and to be able to pay that forward to you. We, we know it'll go to good use, and we're happy to spread your message and support your organization. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. If there's anything that you ever need or anything that we can promote or support, please reach out again to me or Emotional Badass to my team, and we're here to support you. Thank you so much. I will definitely do that. Thank you so much. Light and love. Same to you. Follow Tracy's work at blackdoulas.org. Her name is Tracy Collins, T-R-A-C-I-E, National Black Doulas Association. Doula is D-O-U-L-A. You can support blackdoulas.org by giving a donation or going to their store One of the things that I liked on one of their t-shirts was take your ass to therapy was on a t-shirt. So go check out their t-shirts, support their organization and spread this message. This is really a message that can inform, empower and save lives. I want to thank Tracy Collins for being with me today. She's an emotional badass. I'm an emotional badass. And you are an emotional badass. Together, we are where Moxie meets mindful. Light and love. Bye-bye. you find it hard to sleep at night then the calm cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long calm cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds 
like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night.